Welcome to Papa's House Church, Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube and Facebook. Very good morning church. So glad that you joined to worship Jesus with us this morning. We are so thrilled. My name is Charles. Welcome to Papa's House. We are so glad you are uh, with us to worship the Lord. This morning, I believe the Lord put a word in my heart and I believe it is for you, it is for us, it is for the season that we are living in, it is for the season that we're going to be passing into the next phase of our lives. Why don't we just pray, Jesus, I pray that you will anoint my mouth, you will speak through your servant and you will release your word to your children so that you will be glorified. And all God's people say in Jesus' name, Amen. I believe this word the Lord put in my heart is for a unique season where we are at. We are at the tail end of 2020. We started this year with so many thoughts, hopes and dreams and visions. And some of it happened, some of it just got confused and collapsed, but we are at the end of it. And the title goes like this, Dare to be Different. We're gonna meditate from the life and the book of Jeremiah. uh, And we're gonna draw some principles out. But just before that, we just wanna just go a little bit deeper into this guy, Jeremiah, uh, the basically it means uh, Yahweh is exalted. That was his name means. And he lived 600 years before Jesus was born. And we're going to meditate and we're going to learn some uh, life uh, story of Jeremiah. And I, w- I would like to suggest you, if you can take notes, that would be really good because there's going to be a lot of content we'll be covering But most importantly, if you are tired, you came back from a night shift and you're like, oh man, I don't want to take notes, you know, uh, just take a screenshot or something so you can really put this in your life um, in the days ahead. Okay, wonderful. Now, let's do some intro. Jeremiah, the name is called Yahweh is Exalted. Okay, he was born 600 years before Jesus was born and he was born to a priest family. If you read Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1, it goes like this. The words of Jeremiah, son of Ilkiah, of the priest who were born of Anatoth in the land of Benjamin. So he was born in a priestly family. You know how the pastor's kids, the pastor's kids are expected to behave just like a pastor. Otherwise, you are like, boom. And that's the same thing. Doctor's kids, they want, doctor's kids cannot be a, you know, hairstylist. It's such a unconventional thing. And here, Jeremiah was raised up in such a way that he's going to almost take over and continue the legacy of his priesthood. But then God had a different plan. And Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet. Even if you look at Matthew 16, uh, from verses 13 to 23, Jesus sometimes is referred as Jeremiah. And Jesus was walking into the city of Caesarea Philippi. And uh, Jesus asked this question to his disciples saying, hey, who do people think I am? And people started saying, boom, boom, boom. Some say you are Jonah. Some say uh, you are Jeremiah the prophet. And, And this is the situation. And even Jesus identified with Jeremiah a lot because he looked at Jerusalem and he started crying out to Jerusalem. And Jeremiah was a lonely prophet. Jeremiah was a very lonely prophet. And I just want to give you a brief introduction. So if you can uh, write it down, the first one is he was called when he was approximately 17 years old. That's crazy, isn't it? To be a prophet, to be called when you are 17 years old, that's, that's like 
you are just finished your high school you are gonna choose your career get into uh, a university and god says you know what my son i have a message to tell my people and i want you to do this look at this verse jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1 and to 10 i'm going to read a few verses here and there so please pay attention this is not the time to snooze and he says verse 5 before i made you in your mother's womb i chose you before you were born i set you apart for a special work i appointed you as a prophet to the nations then i said that's jeremiah saying but lord god i don't even know how to speak i'm only a boy and the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere that I send you. I'm reading from Good News Translation. So you must say everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of anyone because I am with you. I will protect you, says the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth. That's the first thing the Lord does when he calls. He anoints your mouth. When the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, the first thing happened is the anointing of the Lord comes upon the mouth. So that's a good thing to know. He touched my mouth, he said to me, and I'm putting my words in your mouth. Today I put you in charge of nations and kingdoms. Listen, this is not a 50-year-old guy receiving a call of God. This is a 17-year-old kid. Um, in charge of nations and kingdoms, I'm putting you as an in charge. And you will pull up, tear down. Look at the word. You will pull up, tear down, destroy, and overthrow. These four things, um, that's not pleasant. That's not kosh. That's not very, uh, ah, it's very appealing. And then the last two ones is build up and plant. And look at this verse. Then the dialogue keeps continuing and God gets really serious. And he says, verse 17, get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. So God is, is like giving you a choice. It's like Henry Ford when he was... Uh, in the board meeting and uh, people were suggesting uh, we should paint many colors for the Ford uh, truck that we are doing and Henry Ford coolly said you can paint any color you want as long as it's black and that's kind of the message God is saying you know what if you are afraid I'll make you look foolish and if you think they are going to scare you I'm going to scare you even more <laughs> And verse 18, for see today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. And you will stand against the whole land, the king, officials, priests and the people of Judah and they will fight you and they will fail for I am with you. I will take care of you. And I, the Lord, have spoken. So he was, he was called at the very engage with this humongous, huge mandate. And we will we'll get to this. What is the mandate? But imagine this, 17 years old, getting a, a word from the Lord. And I, wa I want to speak that to any young ones who are here. And you may be thinking, man, uh, who am I to receive the word of the Lord? The Lord called me when I was 18 years old. And he said to me, Charles, you will be my ambassador to all the nations of the world. And I said the same words Jeremiah said. I said, Lord... I'm a little boy. I'm from a South. I speak only Tamil. I don't know even Hindi, the national language, you know. And I don't have never crossed outside of Vellur. The furthest I've crossed was to Chitur. And Lord, I'm unqualified. I'm unequipped. And my family is not wealthy. And I gave the list of all the things that God can look from a logical interpretation and say, oops, I made a wrong decision. But God called. And when God calls, he equips. So do not despise the word of the Lord. Do not despise when God calls you. Do not despise when God says to you. Just because where you are at doesn't mean God can't use where you are at. God never 
calls you without equipping you. Amen. Number two, look at this. His message was unconventional, unpopular message. What was his message? Basically, Jeremiah 11, 11. In a modern translation, it basically means, you know, you're all screwed up big time, Israelites. That's the modern translation. Let's read with Jeremiah 11, 11. So this is what the Lord says. I will soon bring a disaster. I'm reading from the expanded version. Harm evil on them, the people of Judah, which they will not be able to escape. They will cry to me for help and I will not listen to them. Imagine this. A 17-year-old boy, first of all, you know, um, that's what Jesus was told by the, the Pharisees. You are not even 50. The 50 is actually, yeah, in those days, they believed that you have arrived to a place of maturity. The elders will be elected when you are 50. So here Jesus was 30 and he was giving the word and people are like saying, you are not even 50 years old. And look at this guy, Jeremiah. He is 17. He was 17, 18, 19 in his teens. He had his pimples coming in. Those days, no fair and lovely to cover it up, you know, and no bleaching, no salons. In the midst of all these crazy things, God is giving him a message. Not only he called him, but he's giving a message and that's not a very popular message. Why? Because the people of Israel have turned away from God and they are now in captivity. They are going, going through challenges because the forefathers, Manasseh, one of the evil king lived before Jeremiah and he did crazy stuff and, and people are not repenting. And here the word of the Lord comes to this, this teenage guy and God gives him this message saying, Go until you're all screwed big time. I'll bring a disaster. And they will not be able to escape. And they will cry to me for help, but I will not listen to them. Do you think that's a good message to share? Imagine this. You know, we all like uh, big, big guys like Billy Graham. Or we all like big, uh, a big person uh, like Satish Kumar, one of the pastors uh, in India. Or DGS Dhanagarana. Yeah, you know, you remember? I mean, he was one of the mighty, mighty, mighty man of God that I am blessed by his ministry, you know. And imagine... Safe, let's be local. DGS Dinagaran. Imagine God calls DGS Dinagaran and he says, go and make a big stage in Marina Beach and call like five lakh people. And then you tell them, you tell them this, disaster is coming upon you. You will not be able to escape. You will cry to me for help. I will not listen to you. Do you think it will be easier? And then God says, if you don't tell, if you are scared of them, I will scare you in such a way that you will look full in front of them. Imagine, this is, you know, sometimes we read the scriptures and we're like, oh, this is Old Testament. But the weight that Jeremiah carried to preach the gospel without adulterating it, sugarcoating it. You know, that's what the false prophets were doing. The false prophets were saying, everything is going to be fine. You will be escaped out of this captivity. The people is going to be fine. And here Jeremiah comes and he's like, Excuse me, can I say something? You will cry out, but God is not going to listen. You will pray, but God is not going to hear you. Why? You messed up. That's the heavy message. And let me tell you, it's sometimes to preach the truth, it's not easy. But you got to step out in faith. And we'll come to that later part. Number three, his ministry made him to stand alone. Jeremiah 15, 17 um, gives us the understanding that, you know, I sat alone in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. 
use different translations for us to understand the weight of the scriptures. So I use sometimes expanded, sometimes God Good News, sometimes International Children's Version, you know, Living Bible, Grand Passion, uh, King James like this. So so don't, don't, don't worry about, about the various translations. Just get the heart message of it. He did not even have the luxury. Um, like a teenage boy would go out and find a girl, date and court and get married. No, it's, he, he has to stay alone, leave all his, his carnal pleasures for the sake of the call of God. And this is the thing, my friends, I want to tell you this. If God calls you for a unique reason, there are certain things that you will have to let go. Ida Scudder could have settled down in America, married another American guy, started a clinic for, for herself, earned a six-degree family uh, figure as income and raised kids who also go to Harvard and blah, blah, blah. We would never know because there are other millions of other kind of doctors who live and die and make money and that's it. They are good, good people. They even write a check for missions or once in a while go for missions. But she sacrificed. She sacrificed her luxuries today Thousands, if not even hundreds of thousands are blessed and many of them could able to become doctors and nurses and be a blessing. This is the reality. So stand alone, stand alone. Number four, he was sensitive to the voice of the Lord. So Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says this. And this is very interesting. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You know, Jeremiah had this, this back and forth resistance. Look at this chapter, Jeremiah 20 from verse 7. Lord, you deceived me and I was deceived. You are stronger than I am and you have overpowered me. Everyone makes fun of me. They laugh at me all day long. Whenever I speak, I have to cry out and shout, violence, destruction. Lord, I'm ridiculed, scorned all the time because I proclaim your message. But when I say I will forget the Lord and no longer speak in his name, your message is like a fire that burns deep within me. I'll try my best to hold it in, but I can no longer keep it back. There was a song that came, you know, um, that I feel it in my bones, my bones, it's the fire. I feel it in my bones, my bones, it's the fire, you know, and we kind of sing that song, but actually it's the words are taken from, from the book of Jeremiah. And that Jeremiah did not sing that song with the school AC church with lifting up with all the smoke mission and, and the drums beating and he didn't have the tune. He lived that message and he was like, man, sometimes I don't want to speak that out. I feel ridiculed. I feel humiliated. I feel deceived. I feel like God kind of tricked me into this thing and I feel alone. But man, but still, whenever I tried to suppress it, it just burst forth. And I, I just wanted to share the word. And, and that's the challenge that he, he was going through. He was sensitive to hear the voice of the Lord, but he was willing to stand out and speak that out. And my friends, I tell you guys, this is going to sound a little bit challenging for you, but I'm going to share this with you. God trusts you every time with his word when you are faithful in the word that you have received. And he can trust you more. And if you're not faithful in the word you have received and willing to share it with people, with friends and, and with the area that he has influenced you, if you're not careful of 
capable or cultivating the garden that he has given you faithfully, he's not going to release you into a greater word. And many times we want to be on the limelight and the stage and share the big word. But God is saying, man, are you faithful in the word by releasing it to your friends, to your family, to your neighbor? You know, and sometimes and that consistency is absolutely required for you and me to see a greater breakthrough. I mean, that's the side note. I just wanted to let you know. Okay, so he was sensitive to hear the voice of the Lord and he didn't care to offend uh, others, but he was so concerned that he would never offend God. You know, Billy Graham said this, and I've mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, he said, This generation doesn't care about offending God, but this generation cares so much about not offending the people. And that's why the political correctness have come. Today, you can't call uh, the lie. Uh, as a lie you can't call black as a black you can't call white as a white you have to have uh, you have to have a political correct term and if you are not being politically correct you are ridiculed mocked and you are you know today the evil is celebrated good is uh, ostracized we live in such a chaotic situation number 5 look at this he was willing to see how god sees and and, and the scripture that i'm going to quote to you is a very well known scripture that we always use even we write it on a birthday cards guess who what scripture is that? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper, plans to give you a future and hope, plans not to harm you, plans to give you an expected end. And we know that scripture by heart. And I, in fact, in fact, it is one of the most overused scriptures in the body of Christ. But if you look at the context very clearly, Jeremiah 29, you will be shocked by that. Jeremiah 29, the context is very, 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 very different. The context is this, Jeremiah is writing a letter to the people who have been taken as captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the false prophets were saying, no, 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 no. God is going to come to your life. He's going to take you out. Boom, boom, boom. It's You're going to be so blessed and, and you will have a great life and these Babylonians are going to be overpowered. And Jeremiah is writing a letter. <laughs> He's saying, don't go anywhere. Stay there. Grow. Give your daughters to marriage. Take sons for your daughters. Plant vineyards. Pray, pray for the welfare. I want to read the scripture. You will be flipping out when I'm reading that scripture. Jeremiah 29. Turn with me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. These words, I tell you, my friends, these are words that's going to shock you. Jeremiah 29, verse 5. Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives, beget sons and daughters, Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that they may be increased and there not be diminished. To whom is he saying? He is saying to those people who are stuck in the land of captivity. And the false prophets were saying, things are going to go well. Allah's khut. Everything is going to go well. You know, God is going to restore you. But Jeremiah is saying, no, 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 no. And verse 7, look at this. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. <laughs> for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. Nor listen to your dreams which you caused to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name and I have not 
send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word to you and cause you to return to you. This place, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call to me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Listen, my friends, a true prophet of the Lord will see how God sees and speak it out. He is not seeker sensitive. He is not going to be wishy-washy. He is going to say, you know what, suck it up, stay there, pray for your people where you are at, pray for the peace of the prosperity. And I want to tell you this, this is a side note and I feel under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Those who are watching here, maybe you are saying the place where I am at is not the place where God is going to take me. That may be true, but that doesn't give you the permission to curse the place where you are at. And God is saying to you, stop cursing the place where you are at and start praying for the peace on the place where you are at. Start declaring the peace of the and prosperity for the place where you are at. Start declaring it. Why don't you start speaking, Lord, I bless Vellur. Don't say, Vellur, I don't know, this bond, when this bond will finish. Don't say that. Say to God, God, I declare peace over the city of Vellur. I declare the peace over the city of Kamam. I declare the peace over the city of Dubai. I declare the peace over the city of Trivandrum. I declare the peace over the city where, where I am living at. And I'm going to seek the welfare of the city. And I'm going to seek the blessing of God over the city, over my government. You know, can I tell you something? And it's going to shock you. You know, many of us, we prayed for a different government. And God almost kind of, he didn't hear. Answer came absolutely opposite direction. How about instead of complaining, instead of demonizing people and the government and the politics and the politicians, why don't we stop doing that and we say, God, we are in the midst of this. We want to bless the government. We want to bless the politicians. We want to bless the political situations over here. We wanted to cry out to you. Father, we cried out to you uh, for the people of India. Why don't we just call out to God and say, God, listen to the cry of the farmers. Listen to the cry of, uh, of the BSNL employees are right now, they have no clue you know and the banks are now hiring only temps they're not hiring any permanent jobs you know people are in a very uncertainty in the midst of this don't pray that god like this i'm going to take an out i'm going to you know i'm just waiting for the green card brother i'm just going to go for this no instead of that pray in such a way that god in the midst of captivity in the midst of chaos he can still use you to be a healing hand for those people you are living with. Amen. Now, we spend almost 20 minutes talking about all this. Now, I want to draw five life principles and it's going to go quickly. And I want you to take notes. Very important because what's my take in this? This guy lived 600 years before Jesus was born. So that puts around 2600 years ago. This story is still relevant to you and me. How can I take this out? Life principles. Number one. A calling of God is not easy to fulfill, but comes with a price. Are you willing to fulfill the price? It comes with a price. God calls people. And sometimes when God calls people, you need to let go of your luxuries. You need to let go of certain, some of your comforts. You can't do everything. You know, that's why there are four kinds of soil Jesus mentioned in a parable. You know, on the road and rocky and the stones and then the good soil. The rocky one, the enemy comes and snatches, boom. And then the stony ones are the ones when they get the persecution, they just kind of like, oh no. But then the, the thorny ones are the ones that's 
very carefully mentioned in the Bible. It says they are the ones who are having the desire of pleasure and the good things in life. Let me just pick up the scripture. You know. Luke chapter 8 and look at this verse. He's saying, now the ones that fell among the thorns are the ones they have heard go out and are choked with three things. He mentions cares, riches and pleasures. In some translation, it says desires of other things. And many Christians fall into this category, the category of thorns. They hear this and they say, yeah, but I need to care this. Ah, yeah, I need to, you know, uh, have this riches. I still need to get these things and the pleasures. And those are the things. Let me tell you, the bad things are not against the will of God in your life. The good things are against the will of God in your life. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's, I tell you, my friends, and this is... This is why God has to confront us in this area. When God calls us, it's not easy to fulfill his call. It comes with a price, but we must be willing to take the cross and follow. Look at this. Turn with me two more chapters. Luke chapter 9 and verse 59 to 61. It's up in the screen. You will see this. Now, Jesus is confronting three people with three different motives. And it talks about the soul, will, mind and emotions. The first guy, he says, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. What it means, it talks about the will. I can do this. Jesus confronts him. Foxes have holes and the birds of hair have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In Tamil it says, you know, it's beautifully written there. And uh, now the second guy, he said to another, follow me. And this guy says, you know, Lord, let me first go bury my father. What is he addressing? He's addressing the mind. And he's saying, uh, the bury the father. That means the father is not dead. He's thinking, if he's dead, I can get his inheritance. Then I can put the savings somewhere. It'll arrange everything. And then based on my convenience, logical interpretation, I will follow the Lord. You know what God is saying? Verse 60, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, the third guy, this is all the soul, you know, that's why soulish Christians are never going to make be any successful kingdom people. We have to go one step higher than that. The third one, another one said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go and bid farewell who are in my house. This guy is the full of emotion guy. Yeah, I will follow you, but let me first hang out a little bit, you know, and God gives him a stern warning. Jesus said to him, no one. Having put his hand on the plow, looking back, he is fit for the kingdom of God. <laughs> you know, sometimes the Tamil Bible, it's, it's a bit, you know, just like, it's a bit masala oriented in that. Anyway, so look at this. He who puts his hand on the plow and looking back, that's the emotions constantly. Oh man, I wish I could have this, but then I'm calling. You know, you can't do the word of God that he has called you just based on uh, he has called me I have to do it no you have to do it with all of your heart that's the first principle a calling of God is not easy to fulfill but comes with a price number two when you do what God has called you to do it doesn't mean you are free of problems instead he is with you in the problems and that's what God said to Jeremiah you know what uh, don't get scared of them they can't even scratch you I'll be with you. Number three, when God calls, he equips. When God calls, he equips. Number four, 
we can never separate the message from the messenger. And sometimes we think we can just give the message and then sit in a comfortable place. No, no, no. Sometimes, you know, not sometimes, most of the time, and if not all the time, the message and the messenger are intertwined. You remember Ezekiel? There's another crazy guy. You remember that prophet? God asked him to do something. You know, he was laying down for almost one year. People asked him, why are you laying down this side? Uh, these many days you will be in captivity. And God told him, turn around and lay down. First question Ezekiel asked him. <laughs> How many days I'm going to lay down this side? <laughs> you know, people asked him, how many days? In the middle of the night, Ezekiel did not open his door and move out. He was knocking the wall. Imagine that. You have a door to go through, but you are knocking the wall to make a door. And you are having all your knapsack and everything packed. And people are asking, what are you doing in the middle of the night? This is how you leave when the enemy comes and attack you. So you can never separate the message from the messenger. And last but not the least, remember, and this is, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Remember, you and God are majority. No matter how great a position is around you, you and God are majority. And Cori Tumbum, many of you might have heard her name or maybe read her book, The Hiding Place. If not, please read. And somebody asked her, what is the safest uh, place in the whole world? The safest place in the whole world is to be in the center of God's will. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel challenged. Maybe you feel ridiculed. Maybe you feel that God let you down. Maybe you feel like uh, there is this one way walk with God. Uh, you feel like you're alone, lonely, and nobody understands that you are even misinterpreted by many people. Remember, remember, remember. You and God are majority. I want to pray with you. I know it's high time. I just wanted to Pray an impartation of faith over your life so that you can stand up and be dare to be different in what God has called you to do. Let's pray. Father, in Yeshua's mighty name, we thank you so much for the good word that you have spoken to us. Father, let it not just sit in our hearts and say, wow, that was good. Wow, I enjoyed it. Wow, this guy paid the price. But let it go a step further that we will take this word chew on this word. Let this word become part of our life. Let it penetrate into our system, into our DNA, so that we can step out in faith in whatever you called us to do so that you will be glorified. Papa, I pray for those who are watching here for the first time, who don't know Jesus. Let them commit their life to Jesus. It doesn't mean everything is going to go well, but Father, in the midst of all those things that doesn't go well, you are still with us and you will help us to be more than conquerors. So Father, I pray for your strength and I pray that you will help us. For those who are watching here who don't know Jesus, say this after me. Lord Jesus, I give my heart to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Clean all the mess. I confess that you are my Savior. You are my Lord. You died for me. I believe that you've been raised up from death and now the same resurrected God lives in me. I will make you my Lord and Savior. My friends, if you have prayed this prayer with me, you are a born-again person. Invite Jesus and be part of a Bible-based, spirit-filled church. Give yourself committed for at least a year and you will see a dramatic changes in your life. So, Father, I pray that you will continue to bring strength for your children to do what you call them to do. Let them remember that you and them are a majority. We thank you, Papa. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Take care.